I got my head around it. I know how to say it. I'm going to explain that in just a little bit. And an answer to a great tease from Kevin Woodley last week on In Goal Radio, the podcast. What do three great goaltenders have in common? Welcome to the program at In Goal Radio, the podcast brought to you by the Hockey Shop, source for sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. Darren Millard with the co-founders of In Goal Magazine, Kevin Woodley and David Hutchison. Woodley has survived uh, the surf and he is back with us, uh, returning from Tofino. Uh, before we get into the hockey shop, what's going on there, a big sale coming up at Sense Arena and the feature interview. How was the surf? Uh, the surf was excellent. The surfing less so, but this is what happens the surfer. when you get old. The surfer survived. We will take that. The entire family had a great trip. Um, even my older daughter, who's kind of grown out of enjoying the surfing, like she's not as into it as she once was, had a couple of really great nights. Tofino is an incredible place, folks. I know we on the West Coast uh, of British Columbia, Vancouver area are blessed for it to be a short trip. But if you ever have the opportunity, uh, it's it's like a cooler, as in colder version of Hawaii. Um, just the most laid back town, little fog rolls in. Uh, sunsets are spectacular and no better place to learn to surf. My youngest daughter brought a friend and we had her up and riding waves uh, within an hour. So uh, sandy beaches, slow breaks, no coral to cut you up. Uh, just a fantastic trip and a great, great way to wind down the summer for the Woodley family. Number one question. I know the surf is important, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But for, for those of us that are not in tune with the waves, were the goats on the roof? Goats were on the roof. <laughs> Photos were taken okay. of the goats on the roof. Of course, folks, on any trip to Tofino, you must stop at Coombs Market just outside Parksville. Yeah. Uh, even like even after all these years, the novelty of the goats on the roof of the market there has not worn off my kids, even as they get into their, like, one's headed to university, 18 years old, and she still gets a kick out of it. Hel helps that yeah. the goats hang out on the roof underneath probably one of the best donut shops on the island. So um waiting in line watching the goats as we prepare to devour these uh exceptional donuts uh, are definitely that that i think that's all part of the attraction that's awesome and uh all that uh as we feed on dylan garan interview today that is outstanding with david hutchison uh pretty cool conversation which was record recorded like pretty close after the world junior championship yeah, just a couple of days after. Speaking of uh, the Vancouver Island uh, tourism-sponsored podcast, Dylan Garand <laughs> is from Vancouver Island, Victoria's own Dylan Garand. Been a good friend of the podcast for a long time because we get to skate with him uh, pretty much every summer. And we just really enjoy Dylan because, as I mentioned in the interview, uh, he's one of those no-stone-unturned guys. So everything we love about goaltending, he's deep into, so we can really get into all that stuff with him. And, uh, and it was a fantastic conversation, and we look forward to staying in touch with them. We have uh, a lot to get into, including over at the Hockey Shop with our gear segment. Uh, Going to deal with the twigs today, uh, the new uh, couple of uh, sticks from CCM. Uh, but a lot happening. You get a chance to get over there, Woody, uh, with Cam and company. They're preparing for a move, and also uh, the final couple of... Uh, Weeks before uh, training camp start, uh, they must be crap. Yeah, they are busy, busy, busy over at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports, but never too busy. They have enough staff, all experts in goaltending down there in Goalie Utopia, to help you with your questions and make sure you get the gear that fits you right. 
And right now there's a good chance it's on sale. Everybody thinks of this as back to school time for us. It's the back to hockey sale at the hockey shop and the hockey shop.com. Whether you're there in person or shopping online, there are all kinds of deals still to be had. Obviously last week we teased the pro returns, just the tip of the iceberg uh, sales on past models, new stuff, like, too much for me to list them all. There are some great deals. I think especially that ultrasonic line uh, as we move now into the mock line from Bauer, there's lots of great deals to be had there. Youth uh, gear. That's another thing. Hey, back to hockey. Like if you've got a young goalie that's just now getting into the position and maybe this is the year he's going full time or even at the, at the real youth level, the smaller kids, you're thinking of, you know, first time maybe outfitting your kid in his own goalie gear. Make sure you check out Cam and his crew down at the hockey shop or the hockey They've got tons of youth options and they'll make sure you get something that's going to, you know, help your son or daughter move well, uh, not going to be cumbersome, going to help them enjoy the position as much as we do uh, now that we're old and beer leaguers and buying the big boy stuff. So um, check them out, check out everything that's on sale, thehockeyshop.com or in person at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports in Surrey, soon to be the Hockey Shop Source for Sports in Langley, but we're not there yet. You're going to have to get my head around that uh, because Source for Sports Surrey just uh, flies out the tongue uh, so perfectly. Uh, we still have some follow-up from your trip, uh, Hutch, over to the Net360 camp and uh, and a lot coming out of uh, out of that over on the website. Sure, and I think we will have that quote-unquote fallout for a long time, Darren. Um, one of the articles up this week, uh, Kevin put together uh, based on a session with uh, my son, Maddie and... Uh, Minnesota development coach Richard Bachman, who's a fantastic teacher, uh, really great person, but uh, also a fantastic uh, teacher, communicator on the ice. So I think you really enjoy. This is just um, the beginning of a one-hour session where they were doing some footwork, and he was talking about how to move into the post, um, just to give yourself a better chance on everything that comes after that. Uh, some just some great detail work, and when I watched the video. Uh, after the session, I picked out five or six different great tips, even for a guy who's got a fair bit of experience like Maddie. And uh, so I think everybody will enjoy this one and enjoy the ones to come. And and it's not just Richard Bachman. We've got a whole bunch of uh, stuff with Thomas Spear, the new goaltending coach in San Jose, as he was uh, working largely with James Reimer and, and a number of other goaltenders there as well. And, uh, and just uh, always one of the highlights of our summer and happy that we're able to bring some of what we learn up there to everybody else. And uh, not just the stuff from Net360 up on the site, guys. For people who are coming to the podcast for the first time, maybe because you want to learn more about Dylan, there's also an article up there from last week where Dylan walks us through sort of a unique feature of his warm-up. We've seen it with some other goaltenders, but uh, he was the first to show it to us. And you can learn why he likes to have shooters fire pucks at his head at the end of every warm-up. Um, some great pro reads up on the site. There's just all sorts of great stuff, and it's just going to keep coming and coming now. And we would encourage everybody out there to come and become an in-goal premium member. It is the best money you can spend if you want to be a better goaltender, if you want to learn more about the position, if you want to get more out of your season. 50 bucks Canadian for a year buys you not just a year of content, but the previous two years that we've published in the uh, history of in-goal premium. There's already more than 600 articles up there, and there'll be lots to come in the coming year. So we encourage you to become InGoal Premium members, everybody. And like, if you think like, eh, I don't know what I'm going to learn from this, I would suggest you go back and well, I would suggest you go back and listen to Scott Wedgwood, anyways, because the feedback we have gotten from last week's episode 
of the Ingle Radio Podcast, the hour we spent with the Dallas Stars goaltender, where he dug right into all kinds of technical and tactical details. Like the feedback has just been exceptional, but I don't know if you caught it in there. There was a point there where one of the things that he changed in his game, he mentioned, was based on Dave Rogalski, his goalie coach with the New Jersey Devils, sending him a clip from Jake Allen that was from Jake Allen's pro reads talking about cutting the ice in half with some of his scans and looking off the puck. And that's something that Scott talks about a lot. And so anytime you have an NHL goaltender mentioning that part of the changes he's made as part of a breakthrough season come from another NHL goalie coach, sending him an article from Ingle magazine, like NHL goalie coaches sending NHL goalies articles that they think you know, resonates with them and helps them change their game. I'm pretty sure we can help little Susie and little Johnny, 12, 13, 14 years old. There's just so much at Ingle premium. So it's, it's kind of nice when we get that validation right up to the NHL level, not that it's just about the NHLers, but some of the information that they share um, will help you, whether you're a beer leaguer, whether you're a youth goalie, whether you're a young parent volunteering to help out your son or daughter's team as a volunteer goalie coach like it's just loaded with tips that you can take right out onto the ice like i said right up to the nhl level so that's my little pat on the back plug for ingle premium uh we're not that bright we price it in canadian dollars at 50 bucks a year canadian which means it's like what darren two cups of coffee in the states right now so definitely a good deal where my wife gets her coffee yeah <laughs> where it's not a coffee it's a complete sentence i know that one <laughs> yes yes Hey, I, I just want to touch one more time, keep keep up the padding on the back here, Woody mentioning how this can help the younger goaltenders out there. And I do think that I've heard from some parents, they worry that maybe this is only high-level stuff, that this is only for the NHL goaltenders out there. The reality is there are a ton of small things that young goaltenders can learn, whether it's through the podcast, whether it's through In Goal Premium. Um, you will find when you get on the ice with pros in the summer that they are working on some very basic stuff as well. There, there's no special magic, incredibly difficult things that make them great NHL goaltenders. It's the ability to consistently replicate some key habits that even young goaltenders can learn. So there's lots of great stuff out there. I would suggest mom and dad get the subscription, check out one of the articles, find something cool in there that's new to you, and then ask little Johnny or little Susie, as Kevin calls them, to come on over and see what's new there. We're working on a few ways maybe we can deliver some of this stuff a little bit better for the younger folks, because I know young kids don't love to get onto websites and read detailed articles. Um, but there are some cool little bits on video there that you could share with your son or daughter who are trying to become better goaltenders this year. So I I'm like you guys in the sense I'm, I'm passionate about the position, but I'm more naive about my knowledge. And uh, you guys helped me along the way. Uh, I was doing some surfing the other day and I came across a Brian Decord video and not surfing in the water like Woody, but surfing on the computer. Where in uh, Vegas do you surf? Brian Decord <laughs> video. And it was just, he was giving a lesson to uh, a seminar to some goaltenders on the ice. And he was talking about the, the panda move. And out of nowhere, he goes, uh, you guys uh, may have seen this. I don't know whether you subscribe, but uh, Ingol uh, Magazine sent out a newsletter uh, talking about the Panda move. I'm like, I, I know those guys. I know Ingol. <laughs> but just organically, it came out of nowhere. So uh, that's kind of uh, information. Brian DeCord is referencing Ingol 
uh, when he's talking to National Hockey League and uh, and and professional goaltenders, college goaltenders. So it was it was so neat. Credit for that panda to Thomas Spear, who we just yeah. mentioned is now the San Jose Sharks goaltending coach, and we'll have lots of stuff from him from Net360. Although we didn't get into the panda up there, we did not. We got into a whole bunch of other stuff though, and I just wanted to say like um, thanks to guys like Thomas Spear who were willing and Dustin Wolf. Uh, the AHL goalie of the year in his first year in the American Hockey League last year for their willingness to sort of share some of the new things that they're working on. And so uh, along with Jordan Sigalette, the director of goaltending for the Calgary Flames, they came up with this move. They called it the Panda because at one point it looks like, uh, you know, you got your butt against the post and sort of a flattened out overlap. And, and they said it looked like a panda rubbing its butt up against a tree. So that's where the name came from. Um, and now we have it, we see it being taught all over the place. And so uh, this is how all goalies get better, that that willingness to sort of share new ideas, in this case with us, and then other goalie coaches and other goalies read about it. And, you know, we've, we've heard from a lot of pro goalies, youth goalies that are trying that move is just some, you know, another tool to add to the toolbox. And so it's kind of cool to be a part of that process here at ingoalmag.com. And like I said, it's a great way, you know, for, for anybody, you know, frankly, anybody, beer league, youth, coach, whatever. Yeah to get access to the same information that other professional coaches are now using as part of their toolbox, you could have had access to it at the exact same time as they did and learned about it for the first time, uh, much the way they did. So it's kind of, kind of cool to be part of that process here at ingolmag.com. I took that downhill uh, reference from Wedgwood uh, the way he learned it from Martin Brodeur uh, or, or took it a lot from Martin Brodeur. I took that on the AC of the day and that was cool to have in the, in, in the back pocket. I'd never, that phrasing before you guys again are so ahead of the curve that uh the second nature to you guys but it's it's cool the the different things that you can pick up and and take onto the ice for a skate or a practice or a game if you're uh the the older likes where you don't get the practices uh every day but uh we've got the gear segment uh, and we've got the feature interview brought to you by sensorina some great news coming out of sensorina you want to stick around uh for that plus the conversation with dylan grand but a couple of new sticks uh coming out that uh, you and cam talk about yeah and, and we've been testing them uh at ingle magazine waiting for a review waiting for you know more retailers to get stock uh, still a little bit of a supply chain issue they haven't been as quick onto the store shelves as as maybe some would have liked that actually i can tell you they haven't been as quick onto the shelves as anybody who's tried our sample and our demo set of like because it's been very popular among our testers um, a stick that Thatcher Demko uses with the Vancouver Canucks. And one of the things that he noticed since they made this change uh, to the to the pro light, uh, significant, obviously at the NHL level, you got some of the best shooters in the world. They tend to ring them. They're shooting for corners. They're going to they're gonna get it off the shaft there once in a while. It used to be a, a point. Well, it's a, the most common point of breakage. Uh, and he saw a significant reduction in breakage when he switched over to the CCME Flex 5 Pro Light Stick. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's the plug for me. Let's t- turn it over to Cam to give us some of the more inside details uh, on this stick, on this model, uh, and why it might be an option for you. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop. Goalie Utopia down here with Cam Matwiv. Uh, we're still in the time of the summer where, you know, just the way things have gone in this new world with shipping and supply chains and everything where we have new stuff, even though it's August. And one of them is the new CCM EFLEX 5 Pro and Pro Lite models. Mm. A lot of people remember there was supposed to be an EFLEX 5 that launched last year. Those same supply chain issues basically led to it not launching. 
The good news is they went back to the drawing board and actually improved some things uh, for the new models, including durability. Uh, and I can verify that right up to the National Hockey League level, talking to guys like Thatcher Demko, who used this stick, um, noticed a significant increase in durability and a significant reduction in breakage uh, with the new e when he switched over to the new Eplex 5 Pro Lite for him. So let's walk through some of the differences, Cam. Um, the higher end model of the two is the Pro Lite. Yes. Uh, um, higher price point model. Uh, they've got a new, basically goalie specific carbon built into this one, yeah. uh, which I think probably contributes to some of that improved durability we heard from from guys like Demco. Uh, walk me through some of the other differences on the Eflex 5 Pro Light Stick. So that's that Sigmatex STG for goalie. STG for goalie. I like it. Yes. So we got our we got our we got a G. Yeah. <laughs> For the OG. So what I've found so far with these sticks is that what that has done is actually made the paddle a little bit more rigid. So Eflex 5 compared to ProLite 5. Eflex 5 Pro, ProLite. ProLite, Pro yes. Both. A little bit of a tongue twister, but I find there's actually more flux in the shaft of the stick on the ProLite than there is on the 5. So the 5, I find I get a bit more kick out of the actual paddle itself, but here I find most of the bends coming into the shaft. We'll show that in here in a little bit of a second here. But uh, in terms of for overall pop and feel, I still feel like I'm getting a good hard shot and I can put a good lean into the weight behind the stick. However, just that flex point's different. This one's yeah. a little higher up the stick into, into the shaft and the flex point on this continues through the paddle. But what this I is, like about it is, is that the, initial, the, initial, the original, original mix of a Negra in this one. This Correct. Is that, this has the new carbon weave, this does not. Correct, and what I do find then though, as I go to go lean into it, I don't find the stick kind of has that buckle feel as much. So you still have a little bit more rigidity. So as I'm jamming that um, stick into the boards and trying to pull that puck out, I'm not having too much flex and feel like the paddle's bending, and I feel like I can still pull it easier because that's where the shaft is. Well, one thing for sure we've noticed, that, like as you get up into higher levels like Junior, obviously uh, in-goal founder David Hutchison, his son Maddie's now playing uh, in, in Major Junior, and it does that stiffness as much as... Old man beer leaguers like myself love the flex down low. When you start playing at those higher levels, you really de do need that stiffness in terms of just, you know, stopping hard rims off guys who can hammer the puck. They really notice like that makes a difference. So, you know, if that's where you're at in your game, we're getting back for those hard rims from guys who can really shoot it matter. That might be where that rigidity down in the bottom uh, pays off. It's uh, both of them exceptionally light. Uh, we've actually had these for a while at Ingol Mag uh, and, and we're working on a review and the feedback from testers, you know, I, I, we didn't actually weigh it. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I know you don't either, but just every tester feels like it's the lightest CCM stick they've had. It is the lightest CCM stick. Then see, I have smart yes. testers yes. at Ingle Mag, and just the feel and the sort of responsiveness to it, the feedback has been really positive for us. So um, the, the, the Pro Lite with the new material, the Pro with the old, both of them, one of the things they've also done is rounded off the shaft a little bit. It doesn't have, like it's not it's not round, it's still squared, but just the edges have been rounded. So it's not, again, most breakage and composite sticks occurs on hard shots off the shaft. So why don't we give a little less of a sort of sharp corner where those pucks can hit and cause those damage issues. So maybe that's also contributed to the improved durability Correct. that we're hearing. Like I said, ours have been through the ringer, no problem so far. Um, guys like Demko, uh, goalie coach for the Vancouver Canucks, Ian Clark, telling us how much better uh, their breakage was once they went to the Eflex 5 Pro and Pro Lite.
Less, less breakage, not better breakage, less breakage. I get, yeah, less and better. When we're talking about breakage, less and better are the same, but I appreciate you correcting my grammar. One of the things too that has changed with, they're changing a little bit of the chemical construction of the stick, so we're getting less vibration and there's more dampening effect to it. So I, I have found after, you know, we've taken the stick out on the ice quickly for our photo shoots. Um, as we were taking some pucks off of it, I wasn't having as much vibration up and down the stick. So they've changed some of, like you said, they got the nanolite carbon layering, but they've also changed some of the foams inside, again, with the, with the idea of impact reduction. So you're not feeling it in the hand. And again, our testers are saying the same thing. When I talked about responsiveness and how they like not just the lightness, but how much they sort of have feel off the blade, I think that all ties in. Correct. Awesome. So CCM EFLEX 5 Pro Light, CCM EFLEX 5 Pro. Cam's got these ones in sort of your stock black and silver. He's got them in blue. He's got them in red. You can notice too the difference. You can see the difference in the, in the type of carbon with the Enegra and you can see it sort of in the paddle on the EFLEX 5 Pro versus the EFLEX 5 Pro Lite with the newer materials. So make sure you check out Cam Hockey Shop, hockeyshop.com. If you've got any questions about which one of these two models suit your game, what he's got in inventory in terms of um, paddle length, colors, Two curves, Blade price, curve. Crawford. He's holding the price. I'm holding the Crawford. Give you a look at that. Little Crawford. Little carry. Super scientific. So I got a couple of custom colors in the E-Flex 5. Those are up available right now. You can check them out. Once again, thehockeyshop.com. Give me a call here at 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. Whether it's to me or any of my guys that work down here, we're goalies. We get we know it. the language. We can get you set up. You guys notice that this might be the first time we've actually done a stick video where I didn't hit him with one. It's a very, it's a, it's a friendlier show now here on the uh, in goal hockey shop gear return. So, no, no, I'm I, I, I've solved the anger issues. Cam, come back. He'll be here when you uh, call him when you got any questions about the new Eflex Five Pro and Pro Light stick. I'm not gonna hit you. I swear. <laughs> Cool uh, adjustment that they made with the Eflex Pro Eflex Pro Lite, uh, and can you can you shoot better with it, Woody? How, how's your how's your blast off the blade? Uh, let's just be honest. At this point, I don't shoot very well, so I'm not the guy to ask. I do find it a little bit stiffer through the paddle than say the Eflex Four, which was designed to be a super soft flex. But there are, there are two different sticks and two different options in terms of how much flex you get out of that. Um, you know, as Cam explained, uh, there, that's one of the differences between the two models. I don't know whether there's anything better than a brand new stick, like equipment. You, you kind of have that break in period. And uh, when you use it for the first time, but a brand new stick hutch, it's just something, something special, magical about it. Isn't it? And if I was in the NHL, one of the best perks, I guess, would be the chance to tape up a brand new stick every single game. Yeah. Yeah, How do you do your stick? Uh, stick? Would you would you do it uh, exposed heel? Would you do the full blade? How, how do you tape it? Um, I did probably three quarters of the blade exposed heel last time I did it, but yeah. uh, I would probably experiment with all sorts of different things if I could go through five or six dozen sticks a year. Would he, a warm up stick different uh, tape job than the than the game? No, stick? because the warm up stick's usually an old game stick. It's past its best before date on the game cycle 
Yeah, I remember the first time I ever got a delivery of more than one stick as a as a kid, and it was just the greatest feeling having all those new twigs, Darren. Just so good. Well, hey, and that's the thing. It's... Like you can get custom orders on all these new twigs. That's the beauty. Like, so if you know you find one you like and you know you're gonna use more than and you got your paddle and your shape. And I will say this is the slope shoulder seems to be a real popular shape that we're seeing increased use of the pro sort of more rounded sort of shoulder, kind of like Sergey Bobrovsky, maybe not to that extreme. Um, but once you sort of dial that in, like, is there anything better? Like order three, order six, get your name yeah. on it. You know, you're going to use it because that's the coolest thing ever when you get multiple sticks and you can, you know, most of these companies now have sort of custom programs where you can order multiple sticks and then you'll, then you'll have a practice, you'll have a warm up stick. You'll have all the, you'll have a whole years and like as good as it is to just get one, Darren, oh, getting your own bag of sticks. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Big time. I'm thinking we need the New Jersey Devils. Uh, we're creating their own Bible uh, of hockey terminology, basically, or thesaurus or dictionary, uh, whatever term you you want to use that's that's most accurate. I think we need uh, uh, some kind of dictionary of goaltending terminology. The goal. I think we got downhill, we got slope shoulder, we got all these different things. The panda uh, that might be the the in goal Christmas gift. Uh, that that you can get your parents that that we come up with, and and send it out there. What do you guys think? I think it's a brilliant the idea. silence. Says it all. Well, it's because it's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Now, who's going to do the work? <laughs> well, I love I, the idea, Darren. We should totally. I can do, it. do a, a like a little bit of it, but I only know a couple of things. Like head you guys coach. know all the lingo. It'd be good for head coaches too, not just parents, so that they know yeah. what. Uh, well, us weirdos in the corner are talking I'm about head projector. I was, was going to say we could call it uh, goalie lingo for dummies, but then it'd be hard to hand that over to a head coach in most cases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not giving it to my mom either. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's for sure. Hey, uh, we got some uh, great news out of Sensorina coming up with our feature interview with Dylan Grant in just a, a, a little bit. Uh, uh, lots of uh, Interesting conversation topics uh, with Dylan, who's turning professional, coming off the World Junior Championship. Uh, but that's on the heels of some exciting uh, news from Sensorina, Hutch. Fantastic news. If you would like to try Sensorina, this uh, is one of the best times to try it. Uh, it's been priced regularly for a little while now, but starting uh, today, as we record this on Monday, the 29th of August, for a couple of weeks, if you go to Sensorina and order an annual subscription using the code you hear every week, IGM50, then uh, I think it's $289 off. It's just shy of 50% off that annual license uh, over the next two weeks. So if you want to add that to your toolkit and uh, become a no stone unturned goaltender in your quest to become the best you can become, um, you should try Sensorina just like Dylan Garand has. And uh, just like many professional and junior goaltenders we knew we know have also tried it. It's a chance to track pucks off the ice, to face pro shooters, or if you're younger, you also can face more age-appropriate shooters. It's whatever you want to do because you're in charge of your workout. There are dozens of drills, dozens of eye-hand coordination drills, uh, following different pro- power play routines, setting up shots exactly where you want them because you can't trust the shooters on the ice to hit their spots. Sensorina is just a great, great tool. 
to help you become a better goaltender. And right now, you can get just about 50% off if you head over to sensorina.com, order an annual license with the code IGM50. That is spectacular. And how do you follow up something like that? How about a conversation with a world champion and Dylan Grant in our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina Hutch? For sure. One of my favorite people to talk to is Dylan Garand. Just to set the stage for people who might not be aware, uh, Dylan came into the Western Hockey League at, uh, well, he, he won his first game at 15. I think, I think with the exception of perhaps one of your old Brandon Wheat Kings, who played a full season at 15. I don't know how you could do that way back in the day, Darren. I think Dylan might be the youngest goaltender to ever win a game in the Western Hockey League as we were tracking that last season. Uh, only 10 or 12 have done it at age 15, and Dylan did it uh, early in his uh, 15-year-old season. And then when Dylan Ferguson um, moved on, he quickly took over as the number one as a youngster uh, for the Kamloops Blazers in the Western Hockey League. And um, this season capped off his Western Hockey League career as the CHL goaltender of the year. Uh, he has consistently been an outstanding goaltender for Kamloops. And now for the second year in a row, he was tending the net for Team Canada at the World Juniors, backing up for the silver medal performance a couple of years ago, and this year leading Canada to a gold medal. And uh, Dylan, as we said, no stone unturned. We learned a little bit more about how some of those routines in this interview that we weren't aware of, and really excited to share them with everybody out there. Dylan Grant, Sensorina, feature interview at In Goal Radio, the podcast. Dylan Garand, world junior champion. Gives me shivers just to say that, honestly. How are you feeling? Yeah, pretty good. It's a, it's a great feeling. There's a, you know, nothing like winning, especially, you know, for me personally, when uh, playing there my first year, losing that gold medal game to two years later, finally have another opportunity to come out on the other side and, and to be able to do it. It's, yeah, there's, there's no better feeling. Okay, tell me honestly, how long have you envisioned this moment? winning the world juniors how young were you when you first maybe watched one of those other canadian teams win or something yeah you always dream of it like uh you dream of it growing up and um you know i think i really kind of started to seriously like think that i it was possible for me maybe about three or four years ago and um you know there's been a lot of hard work since then and it's been a uh, quite the journey and you know to finally have that moment and then be a champion it's it's unbelievable was there anybody you looked up to watching it as a kid? I wouldn't say like anyone particularly uh, growing up, like when I was little, but I would say, you know, kind of more recent was Carter Hart is his two years. I was a pretty big fan of him and uh, he was uh, really solid at that tournament. So uh, yeah, he was the guy I was looking at for sure. What did the celebration look like? How long were you lingering at the rink? Uh, what did you do afterwards? Can you give us a bit of a glimpse behind the scenes? Yeah, it was good. We uh, we hung on the dressing room there for uh, 10, 15 minutes, and then uh, we kind of went right upstairs. Uh, Hockey Canada, uh, you know, a great thing for us. They kind of got this really nice big room upstairs um, and got all our parents and stuff up there. So, um, you know, we got un unchanged and, uh, you know, went right up there and then hung out with them for about an hour and a half, two hours. And then, um, honestly, we, we just went back to the hotel and, and took her easy. It wasn't anything too crazy or, or nothing like that. They uh, wanted to make sure we, we kept it pretty calm and, and we did that. And 
um, you know, we kind of had to wake up a little early to fly out the next morning, but yeah, it was awesome. I was wondering, uh, since you were celebrating your dad's birthday, how long it took before you could see him. It must've been a really special day. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It's uh, it's amazing to share that moment with him and, and to have it on his birthday is, is even cooler. So yeah, it was great. Okay. Let's, let's just go back to that, that final game for a second. And I don't think anybody expects a gold medal game to be easy, but, uh, but when Finland tied it up, what went through your mind? And, and more importantly, I'm curious, cause you know, we're talking just to goaltenders here. Um, what do you do to sort of bring yourself back and be ready for that next shot when it comes? Do you have any techniques, any things you say to yourself? Uh, what's the routine? Yeah, honestly, it was, uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I was, I was pretty happy with, with how I responded there. It was, uh, I felt like I was pretty dialed and, and in the moment and, um, you know what, I was, I was really just focused on, uh, like playing for the win and, and focusing on the process there. So, um, you know, yeah, we had a two nothing lead and then they ended up tying it up, but there's still lots of time left. So, you know, for me, I just stayed in the moment and kept work and I knew, you know, the game wasn't over yet. And I, I honestly, there's never, I never doubted for a second that we weren't going to win that game and we weren't going to score another goal. So, um, for me, it was just sticking with it, sticking with, you know, my game plan and, and stuff like that. I was really just trying not to, not to overthink and then just compete. And, um, you know, that's, that's really all you can do when you're in a, you're in a big moment and, you know, there's a, so much pressure on you and stuff like that. You, you can't think about it. You just got to compete. And, and, and that's what I did. And, um, you know, like I said, even, even in the intermission there, there was no really nerves. I was just focused on, on what I needed to do. And, um, I never doubted for a second that, that we weren't going to win that game. When you say you're focused on what you need to do, are, are you actually going through scenarios in your head? Are you visualizing or do you just have a way of staying calm and level and waiting? What, what, what's going on there that maybe you could share with a younger goalie who's going to face some adversity this year too? Yeah, honestly, um, you know, I kind of have a game plan going into games and then, you know, I have like some trigger words that I just honestly, I just repeat over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it just kind of brings me back into the moment and, um, you know, kind of my trigger words will, you know, have something to do with the process. Like, um, you know, with, with my foundations, like I'll give you an example, like beating passes, um, you know, that's something that I'll, I'll repeat in my head and, um, just, just keeps me, you know, in the moment. And then when pass is made, I'm just thinking beat the pass and, and a couple other things. And, um, like I mentioned earlier, really just try not to overthink and, and overanalyze or worrying about what might happen or, or what has already happened or, or what other people are thinking that, that stuff really doesn't matter. And, you know, just, just competing. I, I know, and, and I believe in myself that, um, you know, if I compete that they weren't going to score on me. So um, I just kind of re- kept repeating my, some of my trigger words and, you know, competing was one of them. And uh, yeah, just play in the moment and then do it for as long as it takes until, uh, you know, the gold medal hang- is hanging around your neck. So do you stop the nerves from taking over just because you've had so much experience in your career to date? Or do you have some breathing exercises you go through or just listening to the coaches? What do you, what do you do to stay calm? A little bit. I think experience definitely helps. Um, I played a, a lot of hockey games last year, so uh, definitely comfortable playing games. Even in the summer here, it was only like, uh, I think, two months out from when I uh, played last in the playoffs there. So not too much of a break. But uh, yeah, definitely sometimes I'll breathe kind of right before, um, you know, in the intermission, right before I go out on the ice, just a, couple breaths to bring me back moment and then like I said kind of part of my mental game those those mental those cues those those phrases that I use will just really kind of 
helped me keep my eye on that and basically out of the game keep repeating words like those phrases over and over and over again the whole game basically and um that's kind of what takes my mind away from you know thinking about other things that aren't a burden or you know nerves and stuff like that so we've just talked about uh that routine between uh the regular and the and the overtime and then we're back on the ice so so now we're back into overtime and uh so who gets the save of the tournament award do you think uh, not me, McTavish. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> what, come on now. What goes through your mind as you see that puck flopping over you and headed towards the net? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Yeah, it was funny. I uh, Yeah, so the whole play, like it was a three-on-one, and then the guy shot it, and I caught it, and I see like McTavish wheel in the net, and he's calling for it. And like there's nobody like on him super hard, so it's like a pass I can make, and I give it to him. And then the guy trips him behind yep. the net there, and he falls down no call and then yeah they saw your reaction on that too yeah i threw my arm up there that was a missed call for sure in my opinion but uh (laughs) yeah then they threw the puck out front and i just kind of like started like attacking at the guy a little bit and uh i expected him to shoot and he he made this like pass off his teammate went off his skate and up and over and i remember like going up and over me and i look back and uh, i just see like mctavish scraping it off the goal line on the ice and i was like wow what a save and then it's funny after the game, uh, you watch like the the TSN replay, and I didn't realize that he actually like batted it out of midair and then swiped it off. It was, I couldn't believe it. And I still can't believe it. Like honestly, I maybe a little bit of good karma there with that missed call trip. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. I think it's just one of those things that was what well, that was meant to be, and you know the hockey gods were on our side, and yeah, and then we go down and score, and yeah, what a crazy minute there. It was. Best probably best moment of my life. I think it probably has to be. Uh, yeah, there's there probably aren't any words to just describe how you felt in winning, but but I would ask you: Do you think there's something extra special in the fact that it was basically a two year journey from you know that 2021 team, and then they they took the tournament away from you in December because of COVID, and and now finally you get a chance to reach that goal? Does that make it a little bit more special? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know, I, I mentioned in one of the interviews I did after um the game there it was it's basically you know when you lose in that gold medal even though i didn't get to play i was still you know part of it and wanted to win but um you know when you lose in a in a gold medal game in the world juniors it's you think about it every single day um you know i use that as a crazy motivation for me i you know i write down goals in in my uh in my notebook there and it's been written in there for for two years now and um you know to to go through all, all that hard work and you know such a, a long journey and um, you know, to have the opportunity to play in the gold medal game and, um, you know, have the chance to fulfill that goal that you, uh, you set out to do, you know, two years ago and, um, to, to actually do it and, you know, celebrate with your teammates and, you know, kind of let it sink in a little bit. Uh, you, honestly, you can't describe there's, there's no better feeling. And, you know, I would do it again a hundred times out of a hundred. Fantastic. You just mentioned a notebook, so I got to pull on that thread. What can you tell me about your notebook? Uh, yeah, it's a. I feel like you were just looking at it, maybe too. Is it there? Yeah, it's it's there. It's uh, it's pretty personal, so I don't know if I'll. No, no, you don't need you to get into personal. Stuff, but, That's uh, fine. Yeah, it's uh, I just write down like goals and stuff, and then I also, um, you know, if I work with a goalie coach or stuff, like when I go to New York, uh, I just write down all the stuff that I learn, or um, you know, I work with uh, Lyle Mass in the summer, so. Um, every day with him, I'll write down stuff, um, you know, from the sessions and, um, you know, a lot of mental stuff too. If I work with a mental coach or, um, just myself, if, you know, I'm kind of in a, 
you know, during the season, if I'm, you know, struggling a little bit, I just kind of go, go to the notepad and, and write down kind of, you know, what my game is and, you know, kind of just get back to, back to that. And, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, just write down some motivational stuff and, and things like that. It's a, it's a good book. It's about, I don't know how many pages, like 200 and probably like uh, half of it's used up. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been good for me. When did you start it? Um, I think when I was 18, I, uh, actually, yeah, I remember I got it. I was playing in Hartford in the American league there, uh, during COVID and I went down to the CVS and I bought it. So, uh, ever since then I've been writing in it. Is that like a daily routine or just when things come up? Just when things come up, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of used to write down stuff daily, but then like, I kind of found that it's like forcing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, I got to write something down before I go to bed or stuff like that. And then when you do that, I feel like you don't really apply it it's it's got to come more like from the heart and when it does then you know it'll really make a difference so i just kind of wait for for moments when i feel like writing stuff down and um yeah i just use it periodically so now that we've jumped to this i had another question i was going to ask you a little bit later but it's actually from kevin woodley um i described you on the podcast when we teased this interview coming up as a no stone unturned kind of guy one of those goaltenders who will find any little avenue they can to try and get better uh, is that a fair description of you? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I mean, I've seen you. Whether it's you've already described a lot of it, the tracking, the mental game, the the warm ups I see you do before you hit the ice, uh, eclipse most goaltenders I've ever seen. Um, looks like you're always looking for an edge. How do you avoid overdoing that and sort of chasing change for change's sake? Or can any of those things that you're trying to do overwhelm something else in your game? How do you how do you manage all those things you're trying to do? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's, um, something that you really kind of, I feel like for me personally, I had to go through growing up. It's, um, I remember when I was like 17, 18, I'd kind of look for anything to get better and, um, you know, kind of believe anything or, you know, every single change is going to work. And, um, I feel like, you know, that that's good to a degree. You kind of try new things and you're open-minded and then, um, you know, this past year, I felt like, you know, where I really kind of took off in my development is kind of just learning and understanding what works for me, um, you know, what my game is, um, knowing knowing that. Um, and yeah, just just using that stuff that I know works for me and, and keep doing it over and over. I remember uh, talking with Dano. It's like. Uh, Dano, Dano being just for people who don't know him, Dan DePalmy, your goalie coach in Kamloops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were talking the other day. He's like. Uh, you know, you, you know, your game so well that when something doesn't go wrong, you're not wondering what happened or, you know, don't know why it's working. You know, like, you know, your game so well that you know what's wrong and then you can make those changes and and fix it up. And, you know, I think that that's just what it is. It's, uh, you know, I I do a lot of uh, different things. Um, you know, I put in a lot of work and at the same time, I, I know what works for me and I know what doesn't. And, um, you know, if I feel like I'm doing a little too much, then, I really, you know, listen to my body, but also listen to, to my mind too. If I'm, you know, just mentally fatigued and kind of feeling lazy, then I kind of just take a step back and, and relax a little bit. And obviously, you know, you don't want to burn out or anything. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, I feel like the answer to that would just really just be knowing yourself and knowing your game and, and what works for you. And, uh, I feel like I've, I've definitely gotten a better grasp on that, you know, this past year. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be big for me moving forward into my career how do you get to know yourself in that level is it conversations with people like dan is it parents is it just you in the notebook how do you get to where you are now yeah it's both it's uh 
you know, Dan's been a huge part of, you know, my success and, you know, my growth as a person and on and off the ice. And, uh, you know, him and I both, you know, kind of know my game pretty well. And, you know, he, he'll reaffirm to me, you know, what works for me and when I'm doing something that, you know, that's not me and stuff like that. And, and yeah, it's just really kind of the self-motivation to want to be my best and, you know, doing what works for me. And, um, you know, when you find something that works and you keep doing it over and over, obviously I got a lot of experience playing a, a ton of games this year. So, you know, when you play that many games and you kind of do the same things over and over again, it leads to more consistency and, you know, better results and, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of mix of both of looking to the people that you trust and then that know you and, and you know them. And, and also from yourself, like I said, the, the notebook, I, I write down, you know, there's probably like four or five pages that are almost identical. It's just kind of me going over my game and then stuff that works for me when, you know, I'm kind of in a little bit of a slump kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's both. So you mentioned a lot of growth in yourself as a goaltender in the past year. And that was something that I, I did want to ask if we look back a year ago, or maybe even to the last world junior, uh, what's changed in Dylan Garon, the goaltender? Yeah, probably just experience. There's a half a year of, uh, you know, playing hockey under my belt. And, you know, when you, when you play games, you, you gain experience, you know, whether they're playoffs or not, I played a lot of playoff games. I think that's helped me in my career time. Uh, I felt like I played, you know, some of my best hockey and, you know, the first and the third round there, I thought uh, I was really good. And um, yeah, just, just experience and, you know, keep them playing hockey every day. You know, you think of it, if you go to the gym every single day for, for six months, you're probably going to get a little stronger. So, you know, to, have that opportunity playing for as, as long as our team did. And, and now getting this, you know, experience at the world juniors is just more hockey and, and more experience. It was first time playing under, like, I would say that much pressure. It's a, uh, it's crazy. You don't really get that. You can't get that experience from, from anything else other than going through it. So uh, now I kind of got that under my belt a little bit too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting to, to know where I'm at and what I've gone through. And at the same time, you know, the hardest work is, is still ahead. So uh, that's exciting for me. If we just take it back to the World Juniors for a second, I, I did want to ask, what what's it like uh, when you step into a short tournament and have a different goaltending coach to work with? I mean, you did it in 2021. You had somebody different again this year. What's that process like, and and how do they support you? Yeah, it's good. I had uh, two really good goalie coaches. Obviously, my first year was was Jason LaBarbera, and, um, you know, he's no stranger to that tournament. He did it, I think, three years in a row. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he was awesome, and uh, something that's that's really great about him and, and also Olivier Michaud, our, our goalie coach this year, is, um, you know, they kind of get to know you and, and what works for you, kind of asking you questions, what you like and, and stuff like that. But they also reach out like to Dan and, and Kamloops there and, and talk to him and, and try to get to know me more and, um, you know, kind of what stuff that we do during the season and things like that. And then they just kind of incorporate it um, into the tournament. So it's a, it's a pretty good transition. He's, uh, you know, Barb's and and also you know probably most importantly Olivia I worked with the most here is uh you know the, they're they're the guy on the team you know from the coaching staff that's there for you they'll they talk to you all the time obviously they're with you in practice and stuff like that and um you know there's lots of video that they go over practice and games and and stuff like that and and at the end of the day that they're there to help you and um you know they're there to help the team win so it's a it's a great relationship um both those guys are, are awesome guys that um, you know, I definitely will keep contact with probably for, you know, the rest of my life. We have such a good relationship. So, uh, yeah, they, they were awesome. 
how about working in with a team? You've got so much experience in Kamloops. I assume that the system you were playing with uh, Team Canada was not the same. How do you adjust to a, a new defensive zone system, new defensemen? Do you just sort of keep things a little bit simpler or, or how does it all work as a process? Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty difficult um, for myself personally, I found. It's uh, definitely a, a learning process. It uh, makes you think a little bit more than you want to and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's a little more complicated from, you know, for me, I've been playing in Camelons for four years and, uh, you know, it's kind of just been the same same players and same systems for over and over. So you, you get really comfortable and then you come to, you know, a, a hockey Canada event and, um, you know, no, new coaching staff and, and new systems, like you said, and, um, you know, new players that, you know, you're getting to know on and off the ice. So uh, it's definitely difficult, um, you know, at first. And, you know, we have a ton of practice time that we really kind of get through. It, it doesn't start out very pretty. Uh, you know, it doesn't get much attention. But, you know, when we had a week of camp there, our first couple of practices were, not very sharp, uh, especially being in the summertime and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's just a process that you just keep learning and getting to know the guys and stuff like that. And, you know, talking to them about certain plays that happen and, and things like that. And, um, you know, by the end of it, it's uh, pretty good. And, uh, you know, hopefully it uh, ends up working out like it did for us. So whole lot of communication. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what about the New York Rangers front? Uh, you You alluded to putting some things in the notebook from your time there and how much contact do you have with the goaltending coach there, Benoit Lair? And, and does, has he given you any sort of marching orders for the summer as you get ready to go into camp? Yeah, Benoit's great. He's, uh, I, I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with him. He's, uh, I don't know if you've ever met him, but uh, he's an awesome guy. He's a kind of happy-go-lucky guy. Always got a smile on his face and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he's a, he's a really smart guy and, and knows what he's doing. He's, uh, you know, sends me texts all the time, like saying, good luck and, and stuff like that. And, you know, congrats when we won the tournament there and, and things like that. And I just saw him not too long ago. I was in New York for a development camp about a month ago. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, he was there all week. So got to spend another week with him and yeah, he's been great. And, um, you know, the two guys they have, they have Jeff Malcolm and Johnny and Philantro. I think I probably butchered that last name. He's, he's a French guy, but he's the Rangers development guy who came in, um, you know, a lot of times during the season. Um, and both those guys I have, really great relationships and, and contact with. And, um, you know, I talk to them all the time and, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. He, as far as like instructions for the summer and stuff, not, not much. It was a pretty short summer for me. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of the big event that, uh, you know, they're all watching and stuff like that and all were looking forward to me playing in. And, um, you know, they all said congrats when I won, they're all super pumped for me and, uh, yeah, I'm headed down there in about three weeks time. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting back with those three guys. Got to be super exciting. Uh, I don't think you've been on the ice with uh, Igor Shesterkin yet, have you? I played at one scrimmage against him last training. Camp. Oh, so how was that? Yep. How it was, was that? Uh, I, pretty cool. Yeah. Can, can you get yourself out of that fan mindset when you're down at the other end? You try to. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's actually that's actually a funny. It's a good point. I remember, like last year was my first training camp, and you know you kind of see even the players like Panarin and Zabanajad walking around and using the same gym as you and stuff like that. They're right there. And, um, I found like it was important for me. Like I'm such a fan of hockey that, you know, I'll always like kind of be wide eyed to those guys and, and be a fan. But at the same time, like it kind of takes your focus away from what you got to do and performing. So that's something that I kind of learned last training camp that it's good in a way to be, you know, a fan of them and stuff like that, just because you love hockey so much. But at the same time, like 
they're just normal people and, um, you know, they're just hockey players. So, uh, for you, you gotta stay focused on, on what you're doing and, um, you know, do good if, if you want to make a good impression, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's a funny question that, uh, yeah, that's actually something that I learned is try not to be a fan if you can. <laughs> <laughs> so, so aside for that, um, did, did you take anything from his game? Do you watch him during the season? Is there anything you'd like to add from, from his bag of tricks to, to yours? Yeah, I watch him all the time. I, I watch, honestly, like every Rangers game that I can. Um, and even the ones that I can't watch live, I, I watch the highlights after. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's honestly my favorite goalie in the NHL. I, I really like his game. I feel like I play pretty similar to him, honestly. Like um, the way that I move around and stuff like that, kind of the same, um, I guess, like strategy and stuff. Um, obviously, he's super smooth in the net and, um, you know, makes having a – 935 or, or whatever he had looked, looked yeah. pretty easy and um yeah he, he kind of dominated the league last year so um for me he's a great guy to look at you know like I said I feel like I'm pretty similar to to him obviously uh still got a, a long ways to go to get to his level but uh yeah I love watching his game and um you know his skating is, is unbelievable and um something that I'm really going to try and to learn from him as, as much as I can when I'm on the ice with him um this upcoming uh season and then training camp and stuff like that so uh yeah, he's a pretty awesome guy to learn uh, from, I'd say. Okay, I don't know if this one's fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. On the last podcast, as we teased you coming on as a guest, Kevin uh, praised Benoit Lair for his ability to find great young goaltenders, and he said there's something in common between uh, you, Igor Shosturkin, and Henrik Lundqvist. He said he'd let everybody know during the podcast and when we play this interview, but uh, wondering if you have any idea what that might be uh not sure anything other than being maybe like six foot tall or whatever that's probably the guess no it's not have. height no no it's definitely not height. okay <laughs> then no I'm, I'm not sure i'm I'm curious to, to see what he's come up with all right so we're gonna leave that just so that you have to listen to the podcast next week too you can <laughs> okay, find fair out enough, yeah. it's, it's a compliment it's a compliment for sure okay cool yeah okay so a little bit of uh sort of locker room talk here uh, you're sitting around with the young goalies, sitting around with the the guys, and uh, they want to know what's it like moving into pro? Because you know when you move from minor hockey to junior, it's pretty cool. They start to buy you some gear, and uh, you meet pro reps for the first time. You maybe bill it for the first time. So what's new as you move into pro? What what's different? What's cool? Yeah, it's it's very cool. It's uh you know kind of the next step in your hockey career and realizing your dream of of playing in the NHL. It's, uh, you know, for me, I kind of got an early start. I, I, uh, you know, I'm from Victoria, but I, I moved over to Vancouver to play in the Delta hockey Academy there at, uh, at 14. So uh, I kind of had a early start on, you know, moving away from home and then billeting and stuff like that. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely not easy at first. The first, uh, couple of months are hard. You kind of take for granted and don't realize how much your parents actually do for you uh, every single day whether it's like food and stuff like that, or, you know, traveling around, like getting to get into the rink and stuff like that, you, you take it for granted, but, um, you know, if you just stick with it and, um, you know, keep finding your way, uh, for me, it was always, um, you know, whenever I would, you know, kind of be overwhelmed by the building and stuff like that, hockey was kind of my sanctuary and stuff like that, you know, um, and I just kind of really found my love and, and passion for it, um, you know, doing that. And then, once you move up into to junior there and, you know, you kind of start getting all the, the free gear and stuff like that. It's uh it's super cool. Um, you know, 
you dream hockey is uh definitely not expensive and you always you know dream of a day where you're getting free gear kind of not whenever you want but you know when, when you, you want it, it kind of thing mm-hmm. and yeah it's uh it's awesome but uh no it's a uh, junior um you know i guess for me it's uh you know definitely the best time of your life it's uh it's not easy you you definitely got to work your way to you know earn a spot on the team and you know earn your ice time and stuff like that it's a lot of learning pains for sure at the start um you know it's it's not easy and you know if it was easy then everyone else would do it so it's not supposed to be but um you know kind of once you get through it and you know you stick with it and you know if you really love hockey then you do anything for it it becomes a lot of fun and uh you know time starts to fly by like I played four years of junior already and it felt like I just started yesterday. So it's, uh, mm. it's flown by and, and now I'm starting my, my pro career here. So it's a new challenge. It's kind of like going into the junior again, you know, new routines, everything's a little different. You're moving further away from home. You're, you know, for me, I'll be, you know, on my own paying my own bills and stuff like that. So that's a little bit new for me and, and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a long journey for sure, but, uh, you know, it's part of the process if, you want to play in the NHL and um you know there's there's no doubt in my mind that I do anything to get there so it's uh yeah it's exciting has anything changed in all of that so far I mean little things stand out to me like you know in junior your team says here's a free pair of pants whereas I'm in the locker room with you this summer and you're trying out multiple sets of pants all already set up for the New York Rangers um that's kind of cool to have multiple things to choose from and like what else is different in junior and in pro i mean yeah it's cool you get a yeah kind of like you said there you get different companies kind of coming to you instead of you going to them for for gear and you know they want you to try their stuff and get into their gear and stuff like that and do they go through your agent or are you getting contacted directly uh usually just me directly yeah yeah sometimes they'll go through like the equipment manager and stuff like that to Obviously now in pro they gotta go to you know okay what more in the sure. NHL there and get my my sizing and stuff like that, um, but yeah mostly it's just me me directly and I have all their contacts and stuff like that so if I'm like hey like if I want you know try out some Vaughn pants I'll just send the guy message like hey like would I be able to try some pants no worries if I can't but I'd, I'd like to try them out and they're like yeah no problem and then you know a week later they they ship them out which is which is pretty cool and I think like uh you know the difference. Other differences is kind of like in pro, they kind of give you a lot more stuff, like whether it's in the dress room, like obviously more, you know, better facilities and stuff like that, but also like, um, you know, kind of cool. Like they'll give you like more like bio steel drinks or Gatorade, stuff like that in the fridge there. And there's like a bunch of electrolyte powders and protein powders and, you know, they'll make you shakes if you want it and stuff like that, which is uh, definitely a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice perk of the job, especially, you know, when you're getting paid money to play hockey and then on top of it you're getting all this extra cool stuff it's a uh, honestly it's it's a dream job it's it's crazy um what do the next few weeks look like now as you get ready for camp yeah i've got uh three weeks here in Kamloops. i'm spending uh just time training right now i'm taking a couple days off just got back from the tournament but um yeah here there's a uh, blazers training camp coming i'm not sure i'm i don't think i'm taking part in that but i think uh hopefully grab some ice um you know with some of the guys there to um yeah just get ready for for camp in new york when i head out down there in uh in three weeks and uh yeah just uh got rookie camp down in new york and then then main camp and then um off to the american league there so yeah it's, uh, it's exciting times it's gonna be a super exciting season and i've taken way more time than i said i would as i told you i probably would do 
Um, really appreciate it. I know we all at Ingle will be following how the year goes for you. And I'm sure all the listeners who got so much out of today's chat will as well. Um, it just means a lot to us that at a very busy time for you, that you take a little bit of time for uh, your fellow members of the Goalie Union to share some of the uh, the inside things. And, and we look forward to catching up again, if not this year, next summer for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love coming on and thanks for having me. He's accomplished so much, yet that question about facing Igor Shosturkin in a scrimmage and taking the fan out of it and just playing the game was met with such an honest answer. Yeah, it's it's tough to do when you see a Shosturkin at the other end or Panarin walking around. Like it's It's pretty cool, that jump that you make from junior to pro. I think, I think he's going to be... Uh, he's going to have a great advantage going into camp this year because during that bubble season, we'll call it, he got the opportunity to play some games in the American Hockey League as an 18-year-old. And I think that opportunity to go to a few camps to play in the American League will set him up so that he's dialed when he hits camp this year. But yeah, that's got to be something for uh, kids at all levels, whether, I mean, if you're a young kid on the local team and you finally get your chance to go to a junior B camp, a junior A camp, I'm sure you're feeling the same thing. Somebody you followed all along. And uh, if you were to check out In Goal Premium, everybody, you'll find an article on the fan mindset from our old friend Pete Fry, uh, the goalie mindset guy. And he had not exactly what Dylan was talking about in mind, but definitely that's a piece of it. And so that ability to get dialed in to realize that you're a hockey player out there like everybody else and just get down to business is something that uh, is really important and, and great for Dylan that he's had the opportunity to learn that lesson. But yeah, I just love that he was able to share that with all of us in such a genuine way. Who would just knock your socks off if you played against in a scrimmage? Uh, past, present, uh, somebody that you could never get over being like fanboy of uh, at the other end. I'm thinking, is it like a Grant Fear that had such incredible style? Do- Dominic Hasek, uh, Ken Dryden, yeah, you go back to to the to those days. But there's there there's some people where, quite honestly, you're you're not gonna get that out of your out of your mind. So for me. You've mentioned lots of people. Um, Jacques Plant's probably the guy. You got to go way yeah. back for all the old timers listening to this one because I still have his book on goaltending sitting on my shelf. My parents gave it to me for Christmas when I think I was four or five years old, something like that, just starting out the position. And was I, was that in tablet form, like rocks? Yeah, pretty pretty close, yeah. pretty yeah. close. And uh, it's very well worn pages because I read that thing all the time as a youngster. And uh, so probably that one would stand out, but it does remind me, Woody, of that first time we were up in Kelowna uh, with Eli Wilson for the day with Carey Price. And was it that year? Was it the first year he was coming off the Hart Trophy? It might have been. Four, no, yeah, it might have been yeah, the second. 20, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, fourteen, fifteen. But I, I, I do remember. 14, 15 we yeah. we both had the opportunity to meet lots of guys in locker rooms before that. But when Carey pulled up and walked out, it was sort of a heart stopping moment that something special was happening here. And it's funny because now we go up and we bump into him and he's like, hey, guys, haven't seen you in a long time. How's the summer been? It's it's a different sort of experience. But but the first couple of years were. Yeah, that was that was a little bit of a fan mindset moment for me. Who's who's there for you, Woody? Yeah, this is a little like it's a bit of a tough question because 
because of the job, right? Like one of the parts of the job that you have to be able to get past is the fan mindset. Like, did I like covering the, like I, I covered a, I think three or four Stanley Cup finals, did a few for USA Today, a few for Associated Press. But when the Canucks got there, like, am I a fan of Roberto Luongo, Daniel and Henrik Sedin as both people and players? Yeah, like, like massively. Was I heartbroken for them when they lost in game seven against Boston? Yeah, of course I was. But if I was caught up emotionally in it, I couldn't walk into that locker room and ask the questions I needed to ask and get the quotes I needed to get and then walk out onto the ice and have the same opposite end of the spectrum interview with Tim Thomas, who just who I also was a massive fan of and and sort of be able to sort of do the job. And so there's a little bit more separation. And maybe it's maybe it's because guys like Luongo, we spend a lot of time with Kerry. You mentioned being on the ice with him. So. Um, even Dominic Hasek later in his career, like I'd started asking the goalie questions and having those conversations, but I think he's the one that first and foremost would probably jump out to me, maybe Dryden, because that was before I was, you know, in the job in this role, probably one of those two, just because it predates a little bit. And Dom, I think just maybe even because I would be fanboy, but also analyzing, watching how he did things live would be pretty cool. So I'd, I'd have to go with him, but you know, like in a sort of weird way, I'm anti-biased against this question because I just just don't fanboy as much as I maybe would have when oh, I first started. This. You can launch your protest. Uh, that's fine. Uh, oh, the the panel has come back early and they've rejected the protest. So uh, too bad, uh, too bad for that. Uh, okay, I'll say Hasek. <laughs> uh, I would think I was 14 or 15. I got to skate in a scrimmage uh, with uh, against Kelly Hitchens. Just a name drop, Kelly Hitchens, who's the weekend goalie uh, way back when won a Memorial Cup with uh, Mark Fitzpatrick and Medicine Hat and then came back to the Weekings. He, he was my eye because he was a couple of years older than me growing up in Brandon, and he was sensational. Uh, that was like, uh, I, I could never get over that. So uh, not, not a, not a uh, big name, although Kelly uh, would, uh, would disagree with that. Uh, pretty cool dude and an awesome guy. So uh, that's uh, just a name from uh, my past. Uh, so give me the, the answer to the trivia question, Woody. Uh, we've held on to this and amazingly, uh, we're not going to forget about it and have to go back and, and edit this thing in. We're going to do it live because normally I do forget. Uh, but what's the answer to the question of what those three greats have in common? I think I need to preface this a little bit first by saying that this isn't an educated thing. Cause I think it sort of maybe became too much. This is my opinion. I haven't actually talked to Benny who, as Dylan said, is an like just a great guy. He's not actually traveling anymore with the Rangers. He doesn't go on road trips that just as of this past season. So I haven't had a chance to talk to him in a couple of years, but this isn't inside knowledge. It's more just an observation from when I watched those three. Um, they played the game differently as much as Dylan sees himself in, in elements of Shesterkin. I think one quiz for sure played the game differently than those two, but patience off the release, like, you know, Dylan's been praised for it, was praised for it throughout the world juniors. Uh, Shesterkin is unbelievable. It's fueled by his movement, but you know, pucks almost on him before he commits to a movement. Uh, and Henrik Lundqvist, there's no way he could have played that way if he didn't have like some of the greatest patience off the release that we've ever seen we've talked to other NHL goalies about like, uh, like his ability to sort of outweigh shooters uh, and not go early and not default to a butterfly. And they look different in how they do it. 
Um, but I think that patience is, especially on shots and off the release, is is a thing that runs commonly through them. And whether that's something they look for or not in the scouting process, I can't say. Certainly not all the goalies that have been drafted by the Rangers share that that same attribute. But when I watch those three, it's one of the things that I see as a commonality between them. That was going to be something way more obvious and physical. No. Dylan's, I just Dylan's guess was. Yeah, that, that's the same path I was going down. So now, now I, I kind of feel better about this, not knowing the answer or being wrong about the answer, because I, I was totally in left field uh, as far as where, what you were thinking. That's interesting. Well, I mean, and you can look at like how you draft goalies and all the different things. Like, I, there are a lot of guys that have success with without that same level of patience, but like the fact that it stands out for all three um, compared to their peers. And in Lundquist's case, like in such a unique fashion, like I just, I can't help but wonder if that's one of the things they're looking for. I, I hear you have great patience. It's one of the things that they laud about you. Except I just, you're slow. Yeah. 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 That's, there's a difference between the two, between patience and just not actually reacting. Yeah. Not a bad so thing. They, it looks great when they hit me. Yeah. Because uh, it looks like I'm patient, but really it's just, oh, did he shoot? If you're two moves behind and they come back to you, that looks great. It's a great tip for shooters in beer league is always have an odd number of moves because if it's an even number, the guy's still going to be waiting for you when you come back. <laughs> that, Hush. That's accurate. You're out of the union. Don't be giving the tips. <laughs> well, those guys can't count anyway. Uh, how about it though? Ingle magazine. Uh, what's happening there with all the content uh, Centurina with the special uh, sale on right now. And, the Hockey Shop, source for sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. Check them out right now. All kinds of uh, incredible, incredible interaction uh, with Cam and his staff and uh, and items available. Uh, a lot going on around our, our great sport and our great position right now as we head into the training camp stage of our season and almost to a normal calendar. Hutch, I know that you're going over to the mainland. Uh, good luck to Maddie and company in that transition. And uh, and Woody, uh, you're off the waves. You're getting back into your routine. Uh, glad that you're back on terra firma, and everything's uh, looking good on that front. We will be doing the frozen water soon, hoping to get on the ice. We've got a bunch of guys here in town hoping to get some more video with uh, – Ian Clark and some of the Vancouver Canucks goalies, including Thatcher Demko. Folks, I didn't tease the Scott Wedgwood as much as we had a great podcast. Don't forget to check out his pro reads. Uh, basically follows along the same line as the podcast interview. Just a ton of information in the pro reads. Hoping to get some pro reads done with guys like Spencer Martin, Thatcher Demko of the Vancouver Canucks uh, here in the next week or so, as well as catching up with Charlie Lindgren for a pro read. So lots of more great stuff coming at ingolmag.com over the coming couple of weeks. One of the incredible aspects of Ingol Magazine is those uh, pro rates. Uh, awesome stuff uh, for Kevin, for David, for Cam, and for Dylan. I'm Darren Millard. Thanks for listening to Ingol Radio, the podcast. 